The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. Here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss some consumer marketing trends from one of the biggest agency owners in the United States. Joining us is Eric Huberman, who is the CEO of Hawk Media which exists to give established and burgeoning businesses access to best-in-class marketing services to help them exceed their goals. Yesterday, Eric and I talked about the consumer marketing trends he thinks that will happen in 2024. And today, we're going to continue the conversation talking about Eric's predictions for the MarTech industry. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Eric Huberman, the CEO of Hawk Media. Eric, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to have you back on the show. We covered what you think is going to happen on the consumer side yesterday. Some of your big predictions were a growth focus, primarily, that brands are going to be relying on the traditional channels in digital, Meta, Google, maybe some TikTok. We're seeing a little expansion in CCTV. We're AI-enabled, but not necessarily AI-dependent. And hopefully it's going to be a growth focus, as I mentioned. Talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing in the MarTech industry. Is it more of the same, more traditional channels that we're going to see focusing on growth? What's going to happen in MarTech this year? I'm curious with the MarTech side, obviously AI has been the big thing in MarTech the past year. And at some point, every new burdening industry, there's going to be a breaking point where a bunch of the AI tools don't end up working like they were supposed to. And there's a bunch of scared money floods out of it. So right now, I'm still seeing trends of tons of AI pitches, tons of other optimization pitches, things like that. But I will say from the deal flow side, because again, we have a venture fund focused on MarTech, I haven't seen as many really interesting, innovative companies as I had in the past. And we're having a hard time. A lot of people are trying to build features, not companies, where it's like this one little thing that can help optimize your meta ads in real time. And that's not a large business. That's a little widget. So I've seen a lot of widgets popping up, but I'm still waiting for some like heavy impact. And I shouldn't say I haven't seen any. We've made investments. We've found interesting companies that are doing well. One of our companies, Sway, just raised a big round. Super Affiliate's doing really well. And that's an interesting one on the optimizing sort of the ambassador and affiliate side of the business. Because that has been topical recently with, I don't want to spend money with at risk. People have been really cautious on how they spend money up until now for the past couple of years. And so I think affiliate marketing, those kind of things have been interesting. And so things that make that better is really interesting. But again, back to the AI thing, there's going to be a point where this rushed AI is going to slow down. I don't know if that'll be this year or not, but I do think it's coming this year or next where there's going to be too much noise. But I think there's going to have to be 
new strategies, new ways of marketing that aren't these channels. People are going to be looking for the new thing. And we haven't seen what that is. We've seen anywhere from like trying to optimize how publishers are working, because that's been interesting too. Like publishers are having a really tough time and it just gets tougher and tougher and tougher over the past decade since social media really proliferated. And so figuring out how to help those companies, because everybody wants that content. We want to hear what the news has to say. We want to see content, but monetizing it has become a lot more difficult. So there's opportunities in that and how to make that more marketable so that brands want to advertise with these publishers. There's a lot of opening in terms of what could pop up. I'm just not sure who's going to solve it and what's going to happen in the meantime. Yeah, it's interesting with the publishers, and we've seen this with our sponsorship business, it seems like there's kind of been an ebb and a flow. And we're not a traditional publisher, we focus on audio content, and then we sort of split that off into socials and blogs and YouTubes and whatnot. But it seems like there was this sort of heavy investment in sponsorships and buying relationships with content producers that happened over the last five years. Then it started to slow down as marketing budgets went away. But on the flip side, I keep hearing from everybody, well, access to third-party data because the deprecation of third-party cookies is happening. So in theory, that should make the publisher relationship that much more powerful. Aren't we supposed to see the value of publishers' content and the data they're able to collect increase? Like That's where there's this conflict, where we're seeing harder to monetize publisher content, but the publisher content and the data that comes out of that is increasing more valuable. Those things don't make sense to me. Help me rationalize this in my head. Because the actual advertising doesn't work. When I'm going to read an article on a news site, I'm not clicking some random banner ad. I'm speaking in hyperbole, but it's just in terms of the majority of the numbers. So the problem is you have these companies that need to monetize this, but they can't because the returns aren't there for the brands. So the solution needs to be how can brands make more money? It's not an access to data problem. It's people don't click ads on these things and convert. So getting data is great, but I still need to be able to reach those people and I can't reach them well through your website. So then I spend money on Google and Meta. And I actually just, you're asking for trends. I just got our, we do it. We have our whole AI system that is a great barometer on the market. We're doing a trend report. I can give you some exact trends right now. So in January over last year, CPCs for TikTok and Pinterest increased, but Google, Microsoft, and Facebook decreased. Average media spend continued to increase on Google and Meta across all brands. TikTok experienced a slight decrease, which can be explained by maybe them moving budget from TikTok back into Google and Meta. Everything else remained stable. Transaction rates were consistent across different channels, with the exception of email, which saw an increase in January. B2B businesses, the average media spend decreased for LinkedIn, but increased for Google and Microsoft, which I you know LinkedIn is Microsoft, but would separate them. They mean Bing. And then for lead generation, the average media spend decreased on Pinterest and TikTok for more lead gen and B2B, but increased on Bing. So those are the trends for January of 2024. So that's what we're seeing and how people are doing is, again, it's a movement back to the core businesses and not looking for that new shiny object. Because I think people, are, these are reliable, now it's grow. All right. So the technologies, therefore, should be existing technologies. If we're going back towards Meta, Google, Bing, LinkedIn, let's bifurcate the two of those, maybe TikTok as well as more of a content play, depending on what your brand is, those solutions already have advanced technology stacks. So does that mean that this year is a year of non-growth for the MarTech industry? Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think what's already existing is going to see big growth because, again, people are going to look at what's proven and jump into it. I think if very new companies that are launching this year may have a little bit of a challenge because I think people are going to go with what's tried and true right now. 
But if you're already in MarTech and already in market and already proving it out, I think people like as long as you have a track record, people are again, I do believe it's going to be a growth year. So I think people are going to look for, oh, a good example would be SMS marketing. There's still so much addressable market there that hasn't adopted SMS marketing because it's still fairly new. It's like five years old. So I think a lot of companies are going to finally go, okay, that's working for a lot of people. We need to grow. It's like, let's get that going. Those kind of things where the past years, people have not wanted to add software, have not felt optimistic, have been holding off on all these. And you've heard this from a ton of software companies. It's like their sales cycle went twice as long and their close rate cut in half. So almost in a weird way, four times harder to close a deal than it was in 21, 20, 19, et cetera. So not a great time to be a MarTech startup if marketers and brands are relying on existing channels which have solutions already built, it's going to be hard to break in, which is a little surprising to me. I would think that there would be all these probably verticalized AI-driven startups in MarTech. I have a friend that's running a legal tech startup and AI paralegals, basically. It's like focusing on one vertical and trying to use artificial intelligence to make something more efficient. Which is happening, but it's two things there. One, Every company is using AI. It's like the internet. So new AI companies, frankly, the problem is there's so much noise right now, it's hard for a customer to delineate what's BS and what's not. So unless you've got really good proof points, a lot of them don't want to spend the time to learn another thing, another thing. You have a certain sect of people, which is a small minority of people that will go spend time on all these things and research them and try to figure out the solution. Most just want to know, like, what are your case studies? Who have you done this for? How successful has it been? Let's go. And I think it's going to be harder. That being said, I don't know that it's a bad time in that sense, because if you have the ability to prove yourself out, if you really do have a good business, you're going to end up succeeding through this, which means you're going to be way ahead of everything else. Because the problem is when you're in a time of frothiness and everybody buying into everything, it's really hard to differentiate yourself and it's really hard to rise above the noise. But when there's sort of a culling and there's not a lot of, there's still not a lot of venture capital rolling out, it's starting to get better, but it's not there yet. There's still not a lot happening. If you can be one of the few people that does well and can prove that out, you actually have a lot more success long-term. But yeah, it's a grind in the short-term, but welcome to running a business, frankly. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. 
Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Well, hey, look, last year you said was the year of maybe. And if this was the year of maybe where people were focusing on profitability, not so much growth, how would you define this year for the MarTech industry? Again, I think that it depends what stage you're in. For anyone that's already got some traction, I think it could be a really good year. I think that companies so far going into this year seem a lot more receptive. And I think that comes with pretty rational stuff. There hasn't been another thing to shake up people's confidence. So we have the war in the Middle East and the war in Russia, and we have interest rates have gotten to where they're going. So it's just like things are still happening that scared people a year and two ago. It's still happening. So it's not like there's something new that's throwing people off. So everybody, I always think of it like people standing on their little platform to get their sort of security. And every time these big news stories happen, it kicks a leg out and you have to kind of re-get your balance. But once you have your balance again, you can feel good to march forward. And I think a lot of people are getting their balance the past years and have it now so they can march forward, leverage these tools. So again, if you're in a good spot with that, you can take advantage. So I think for MarTech, it could be a year of let's go. It seems like it's the year of haves and have-nots. If you have the traction, if you've got an existing business, probably going to be good. Hard to break through, not a ton of investment, not a ton of need to invest in new channels. Right. That's a fair statement. We've seen these big trends in data. I already mentioned the deprecation of third-party cookies. Seems like there is sort of a premium on data. We're seeing marketers get a little closer towards the fundamental source of truth. A lot of reverse ETL type CRMs popping up last year, high touch being one of them that I think has gained a lot of traction. What are you seeing in terms of the use of data, collections, privacy, any predictions there for how marketers are going to be adjusting to what used to be the way of marketing now and how that's changing? It goes back to what I said earlier, it's equal playing field. So it never concerned me as long as they cut off cookies for everyone, then we're all going to have to adapt and market differently. And I guess I have the confidence that we have enough understanding of marketing that we're going to be able to adapt to whatever works now quicker than most. And that's the game. It's remember, it's competitive. So it's about winning that attention, winning that audience, getting that consumer. So you just have to pay attention to how things shift. And there's going to be some new way to track people. Right now, it's server to server is an interesting one. I know Google's still working on their sandbox, I think they call it, which is their replacement. The reason Google's doing this is because they want to own the cookie. They don't want to have this proliferated thing. The same reason iOS cut off Facebook's tracking. I'm sorry, it wasn't a privacy thing. They don't give a shit at Apple. They did it because they want to own that person and not let Facebook own that person. It looked great on the billboards. It looks great, yeah. But it's such a manufactured outrage. Like, let's be real. TikTok, we know is stealing your data and giving it to China. And look at the usership on TikTok. I'm sorry, the vast majority of Americans do not care about their data privacy. It is a weird political conversation and business conversation used to mask a lot of other stuff. Not to be a conspiracy theorist, I do think there are some people that care about privacy, but most don't. Most just want to get their best usage out. So when I see Google make a move because of privacy, it's usually masking something else, which I think in this case is they want to own whatever the replacement for the cookie is, because that makes them that much more powerful. Last question I have for you, you run a MarTech-specific VC fund. What are the types of investments that you're looking for this year that you think are going to make big headway? We are working on this too, but we're generally more reactive in the sense we look at everything and we run it by our team and we see if these tools can solve a real problem, become a real channel for these companies. And so we're just literally more than daily, we're getting deal flow that we look at on marketing technology and e-commerce tech. The big thing that I'm looking for are, is this a business or a widget? 
we run into too many things that it's like, this isn't going to be a multi-hundred million dollar, billion dollar company. There's no opportunity for that because it's a quick little solve for one little problem. And there's not really much of an expansion from there. So we're looking for businesses that can really transform the way marketing works. We're in Clavio, PostScript, Tapcart, Faring, some really good marketing technology that isn't groundbreaking in the sense of like, oh my God, they did that. Again, PostScript, SMS marketing, like great, but we thought it was an excellent tool to solve that problem. And it became the number one tool in the space. Obviously, Clavio and email was late to the game as far as ESP, but like it was everything we wanted email to do. It was way easier. You didn't need to develop or to launch emails. It was like, this is finally an easy to use tool that isn't MailChimp and frankly, not that functional either. So that became a great service. And then Tapcart, like developing a mobile site for an e-commerce brand is really cost prohibitive and doesn't really necessarily make sense all the time. But for their way of doing it, like a hundred bucks and like spin up a mobile site, it was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It'd be great to offer a mobile site to the people that want to use it and offer an app. So we that's why we did that. It solves a big problem in a very simple way that's easy to explain. And then we try it out, use it with our clients, see if they like it. And that then we're off to the races. So the diligence is very easy for us in that sense too. Eric, I have to compliment you. Every year we sit down and we talk about what's going to happen. And I always learn from these conversations. And you've got such a nice, easy way of distilling down what is a very large, complicated industry. And if you ever want to start a podcast or do more podcasting, by all means, we've got space for you here on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for coming on and being my guest. And hopefully we get to connect before 2025. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Eric Huberman, the CEO of Hawk Media. If you'd like to get in touch with Eric, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, basically everywhere under his handle, Eric Huberman, E-R-I-K-H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. Or you can visit his company's website, which is hawkmedia.com, H-A-W-K-E media.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook where you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.